In Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. This is Beth Laurie. I am so excited to be with you today. I have a very special guest. Uh, He's a friend of mine. His name is Graham Garrison. He is a husband. He's a father. He is a disciple maker, and he's here to talk to us today. Hello, Graham. Hello. How are you? Good, and we're so glad to have you with us. Uh, Thank you for taking your time to come and talk to us today. Um, Graham and I have been talking about authenticity and vulnerability and their impact in our discipleship groups. And Graham, I would just love for, before we talk about that, for you to tell us a little bit about your story. I mean, how did you become a disciple of Jesus and a disciple maker? Sure. Um, I can give you, a, I guess, a brief synopsis that led into the disciple-making um, portion of the journey. Um, grew up in the church, moved around a bunch, lived in uh, five different states, um, anywhere from Alabama to Washington, to the suburbs of Seattle, Washington. As a kid, I, would, I had probably what you would describe as a flannel board faith. Um, you know, it was two-dimensional. I, I read the stories. I understood the concepts, but as far as having what I would describe as a personal relationship um, with Jesus, it, it was pretty static. It wasn't until uh, college and then especially after college um, in marriage that it, it became a little bit more than that. It was about uh, 10 years ago, I was invited into my first um, discipleship group had no idea what I was getting into, um, but I was really excited about the group of guys that I was going to get to know and um, the the journey of it, um, you know, the, the work that you put in individually, the work that you put in together, I really started to see some fruit in my personal life and, and my faith journey and ultimately led me to see discipleship as, um, you know, if, if Jesus is who we say he is, if he's Lord, King, Savior, Messiah, what is our response to that? Um, because I think each of us in our individual lives need to see that the, that the fruit is growing. Um, you know, there's no, uh, there's either forward momentum or backward momentum. There's no um, standing still when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. So to, to make him more than just insurance, to make him actual Lord and King, you know, that was a pretty awesome process. And seeing how important fellowship and community was, and that was um, something else that was a learning experience for me too. You know, I had always thought that faith was something you did individually, uh, and you went to church to get something out of it individually. The idea of, of a community and, and corporate worship and fellowship, um, learning from other people, wasn't something that I really experienced in depth until uh, the discipleship group. So, ten years ago was the beginning of it. Uh, I was in that group. I've led um, a couple um, and, and currently in one that's uh, been disrupted a little bit by COVID, but we're uh, looking to get back into the full swing of things here shortly. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I love the way that you noticed fruit in your life. Um, just 
when you were starting the discipleship journey, and I really loved the part where you said, um, you know, it's not about standing still. Like, there's always more. There's more uh, that we have to learn. There's more that God wants to give us. There's more to know about Him and our relationship with Him. Um, that was super expi- inspiring and, and really neat to hear how God has worked in your life. And I also love that you went into a discipleship group not fully even sure of what you were saying yes to, um, but that you trusted God to to make a way. And it sounds like he really did. Yeah, it was funny. The, the phone call actually came through my wife's uh, number. One of the leaders at the church wanted to talk to me. And my first thought was, am I in trouble? Um, <laughs> but it ended up being a, a wonderful beginning. And um, that led to some some great friendships and, and more development than I thought was was really possible with um, with discipleship. Yes, yes, I love that. Well, thank you, and definitely, uh, we see fruit in your in your life as well, um, and we give God praise for all of that. So, you know, I, I wanted to to talk with you about um, this this thing that our discipleship groups are a beautiful place for us to be our authentic self. That is the place where we can take our mask off if we <laughs> if we feel like sometimes we have to have a mask for the rest of the world. We have to be what the world wants us to be, but. Um, in our relationship with Jesus and our relationship in these groups, we can be who we truly are and we can be vulnerable. And I, I'd like you to share, like, what does that look like in a discipleship group? Okay. Yeah. I guess I'll go through this with the perspective of having been in several because I feel like each group has a different DNA uh, and part of that group, especially leading is figuring out what the DNA is. Um, authenticity. You know, I I think in our society, we put up walls, you know, showing weaknesses, especially for guys, is not something that's um, encouraged. Uh, it's always been looked at just as that as, as a weak. So when you go into these groups, everybody's got a wall and it, it's important that the, the sooner you can let down your guard, um, the, the sooner you can really start seeing the fruit growing in each individual person, but really in your own too. Um, and it, it's tough. Like as an individual, what does authenticity and vulnerability look like? Well, it, it's sharing your, your strengths, your weaknesses, your anxieties, your fears, the things that you're working through, um, not in like a counseling session, but in a, in an accountability way, like, Hey, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Have, have you, any of you guys been through this too? Will you pray for me? Will you walk through it with me and then having the accountability of, of when you fall short of that. Um, and it's tough because we don't want to admit our, our weaknesses and our failings and our flaws, but I mean, that's ultimately where I think God can do his greatest work through us when we're able to be authentic with other people, but it's, it's an imperfect process because we're imperfect people. Um, so I think giving ourselves the grace to, to try to work through that in each group is important too. Yeah. That's so true. Very good. And and so with that, um, that we see that, that we need this place, but like what happens? Um, why is it important for us to be really transparent, not only with ourselves, but with others and with God? Like what would, what would God be doing in us maybe as, as that happens? Uh, twofold when you're transparent, well, let me, let me say when you're not transparent, you're not giving yourself an opportunity to grow and you're not giving 
the people in your group an opportunity to provide wisdom, insight, encouragement, and grow along with you. Um, things that I haven't shared as quickly as I, I should have, um, I think stunted my growth and didn't provide an opportunity for God to work through other people. And I know that that other people being able to share with me the things that they're going through has been incredibly helpful and insightful if and when I, I go through them too, because um, we each have our own individual stories, but there's a lot of overlap. Um, you know, especially in, in a group of, of men or women, you're going through a lot of similar things together uh, and being able to walk beside somebody um, that's going through something that you may be or may have been, or maybe going through uh, in the future gives you, you know, somebody to, to walk alongside. And again, our society is so isolated. We just isolate ourselves. We kind of put up these little bubbles and these walls and discipleship really breaks that down. Yeah, that's so true. And I, I've experienced that um, for myself as well. You know, I, I think your point that when we when we're sort of like rationalizing things in our head or trying to figure it out ourselves, um, we do stay in a stuck place. You know, it, it's weird how that we think that we're doing something in our head, but it's actually bringing it into the light, bringing it into a place of where um, we're vulnerable. And then I think the thing that happens that is so in, overwhelming to us is that after we've shared where we think we might be rejected, we find out we're still accepted and we're still loved, um, even in our brokenness. I remember someone said to me one time that when people act like they got it all together, people sort of lean back in their chair. But when you are vulnerable, people lean forward. They come towards you. And that's such an act of grace uh, in our lives that when we can be vulnerable um, and be met with love and grace, that uh, it overwhelms us a bit. Um, and good stuff, good good ways, like you said, that God's working. So what would be a leader's role? Like, you know, how how does a leader make it the space safe for people to be able to be vulnerable? Yeah, the word I would use is intentionality. Um, the leader, it's a balancing act because each group's different. Um, you may have to really work hard at it with a group of guys who don't know each other. And you may, it may come more naturally with a group of guys that do know each other, but the intentionality needs to come of knowing um, when and where uh, those conversations can happen. Um, Sometimes you, you plan it out, um, you know, you put the work in during the week and then the the study, you come in, prepare your materials and um, somebody needs to share something. And that's how you spend your time together. Uh, is working through uh, whatever's going on in his or her life and praying for them and encouraging them. Um, and other times, you know, you haven't done that for a while and, and you kind of need to, to, to be intentional and bring um, some focused questions in there to help foster that conversation. So you don't want it all that you don't want those conversations all the time, but you recognize that there's going to be a need for them. Um, and you want to provide the space for that, and maybe the, the mental, the mental exercises. So the guys aren't blindsided by one of those conversations, but, um, used are used to that being a regular part of the discipleship group. 
Right. I love that word space, because when we make space for things, God can can use that space for his good. And I know, too, um, as as a leader yourself and, and myself, that that role modeling it, I think the more we're vulnerable and they see us being OK with sharing our deeper, darker sides, um, that that gives them permission, right, to be able to share whatever um, they might be holding in or not sure about sharing. So that those are important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My my guys know I'm I'm a mess, um, and they uh, you know the the parenting, the the career questions, the um, you know the faith questions. We're we're all able to share that stuff, and and again in our culture, you know, we live in this Facebook, Instagram picture of perfection and none of us really live in that's not the real world that's not the real space so having a place where we're able to let our guard down and and let those relationships grow and let god grow through all of this is pretty unique right absolutely because as the leader doesn't mean that we have everything figured out you know we're still learning ourselves we're, we're just all, all on the same journey together um and so it's really important like you said that um that we as leaders uh, know that this is our safe place as well. Well, what about cautions? I mean, some people aren't ready to share or what, what would be some cautions for us as leaders as we try to make space for people to be vulnerable? Yeah, I would say don't force it, but do foster it. So you can't, you can't force somebody to, to share, to be authentic, to be vulnerable all you can do is provide the space and hopefully provide the example of what that looks like um, and have patience. Um, you, you may have those conversations that it may take some time to develop, but um, you can't really be discouraged. All you can do is, is put the work in to provide the opportunity, the platform for that. Right. Right. Everybody, we're all on our own journey and sometimes it takes a little more time for people to feel safe uh, sometimes they they just um, we got to give a lot of grace as they're as they're seeing that happen, but that also they're seeing others um, being transformed is is an inspiration for that. Um, what about any practical tips for our listeners today? You know, anything that you've done that has helped make your group more authentic? Um, I would say prepare in advance is is the big deal. Put put your work in as a leader before the group. So you feel comfortable either going with plan A or if plan B happens, be prepared for that. Um, and then do a, an analysis after the, the meetings and be like, well, it's been a while since we've um, had one of those types of conversations. There's a lot of good resources and materials out there, especially on the 419 site. Like the, uh, I know there's 21 questions um, from John Wesley's Holy Club that can give you an easy uh, starter list to slowly work your way through or provide an opportunity for each member of your group to, to list a question that they've been working through. So preparation, I think, is, is really the big, the big thing. When you're prepared, when you're not winging it, um, you can better gauge the room and what would be the best uh, way to conduct that week's meeting. That's really good wisdom um, in saying that being prepared, because you're right. Sometimes you sense that someone is like going through something. And so you might have 
have a plan, you know, to go through the lesson. And then all of a sudden, you know that this person needs some time uh, to talk for whatever's happening in their life right there. And you do have to be able to adjust. And the more prepared you are, the 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 better you'll be able to adjust and still be able to to use that time well. So that's great. And thank you for mentioning the West John Wesley's twenty one questions. Um, those are on the four nineteen website. If you guys want to find those, wow! Every time I pull those out, <laughs> they just immediately take me to this deep place. Like they're things I don't ask myself, but they're good. Yeah. And and we can see how that worked yeah. in John Wesley's life, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's where Methodism comes from. There's a method to his madness, but um, it's it's almost a, a culture shock to go through these questions and see how they go deep really quick and put you put, put yourself in a different frame of mind that um, I think is really helpful. And I, and I think it, it sort of um, builds upon itself. The more that we're willing to look inward and ask ourselves those questions and not rush through them, but really sit with them and be honest with ourselves and talk to God. I mean, that's really the whole point is so that we, we would talk to God and allow him to work in us. But um, the more we do it, it's almost like we get to go into newer places and deeper places with him. Um, it's really, really exciting. So that's that's a great tip for our leaders. Thank you. Well, Graham, this has been just really insightful for me uh, and helpful. I, I'm curious if you have any uh, last words of wisdom or anything you, you'd like to share with our listeners as we wrap up today. <laughs> Get wisdom. That's that's kind of the journey I'm on right now is to to try to dive into as many opportunities to get wisdom, you know, making our um, daily quiet times the the centerpiece of our days, um, I think can bear a lot of fruit. And then what we're talking about now are the discipleship um, fellowship. And I think in a time of COVID, um, I've really come to miss the, the, the times that we've lost and, and hope to get that back in the future, because I know there's just a lot of growth and we're designed to, to grow that way, to be able to live together and to share together and work together to build God's kingdom. Yes. Amen. And it's such a beautiful gift when we see it happen. Uh, thank you, Graham. We really appreciate you being with us today. You know, you reminded me of James five sixteen, as you shared with us, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We all have healing to do in our lives and uh, having those in our groups pray for us is powerful and effective. So thank you, Graham. It's just been a joy and a pleasure um, to learn from you and to uh, talk about this really important topic. Hey, everybody, if you can share this uh, podcast with a friend, someone who needs to hear it, um, also go to our website, 419disciplemakers.org. There's all those resources, including John Wesley's 21 questions. It would be a blessing for you and for others. Until we are together next time, God be with you. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org. 